You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. All right, everyone. Hello. Hello. So yeah, it is after Thanksgiving. We made food. Yes, we did. We Mm -hmm. made our own Thanksgiving dinner. It was relatively successful. Made a turkey. Did and I made some artichokes Mm -hmm. and we had mashed potatoes and Mm -hmm. stuffing and gravy and canned cranberry sauce and some bread. It was like an actual Thanksgiving. I yeah. made some dessert, no pie. I don't think we're pie people. I'm not a pie person. Thing. You're not a pie no, person. No, the so. only kind of pie I really like is banana cream pie, and you don't like bananas. Mm-hmm. So, and banana cream pie is not a Thanksgiving pie. No. Like, banana cream pie is like fucking pudding. Exactly. It's not pie. It's not the same. No. I don't want apple pie. No. I don't want pumpkin pie. Ugh. I really like the smell and look of pecan pie, but I don't want to actually eat it. I want, like, if I'm going to eat pecans, I want them to be just, just pecans. pecans. Mm-hmm. So... I like that I'm already, like, leaning into your space, <laughs> even though we're on... We're not on our couch right now. We are on chairs. We, so we finally got two out of our four chairs for our nice little island that has a little overhang so it's like a little bar type thing got some very cute bar stools they're really cute they're comfy and super comfy good place for us to podcast Mm -hmm. we have the mics down and we have the surface in front of us so it's good Mm -hmm. but yeah so i hope everyone had a good thanksgiving yeah we did what we could we watched some awful christmas movies yes we did that was fun. We're on episode 33 already. Mm-hmm. And I'm Brian Trudeau. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's, Let's Talk Nerdy. Clink. There we go. Look at that good clink. I know. Clink. That clink. It's so thin, too. It's yeah. perfect. Like it was made out of actual glass. <laughs> oh, spoiler. It was. Spoiler. <laughs> All right. I go first. Mm-hmm. We just. We, we just co-starred did. on the flop cast. Yep. Co-starred? Guested? Guested. We just guested yeah. on the flop cast. Um, next, next week, little spoiler here, next week we will also have our first ever guest on our podcast. Whoop! But we will get to that next week. Yeah. It's, it's a, a surprise, surprise until then. It's a surprise until we probably talk about it at the end. Yep. <laughs> All right. Today, I am going to talk about... Christmas traditions and where they actually freaking came from. Oh, shit. Cool. Okay. My sources are from history.com, livescience.com, the site called Christmas Decor Ottawa.com, and Ottawa. 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 It's in Canada. I think it's a province. Maybe? Hey, Siri. Is Ottawa a province in Canada? The answer I find is Ontario. What the fuck is Ottawa then? Hey Siri, where is Ottawa in Canada? You did not. Okay, here's Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> Directions. Thank you. I guess it's just a place. It does exist. It does exist. Is it Ottawa, Ontario? Is that what the O-N stands for? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's just a place in Ontario. Yes. I don't know why I know about it. Just so you guys know now. Hey, got you. <laughs> and then an article called Christmas Tradition of Gingerbread by a Mark Carey. So, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. The season is full of friends, family, gift-giving, lights, decorations, cheesy holiday movies, and all and overall feelings of warm, fuzzy, and cheer. There are many traditions, flavors, activities, and items that just scream Christmas when you're around them. Mm. Every year, you put up a tree, string up lights, drink eggnog and cocoa while you attempt to make a gingerbread house. Mm. You buy too many poinsettias, hang up mistletoe, sing Christmas carols, public service announcement. Don't go caroling. No one wants you knocking on their door randomly at night to have you sing out of key to them. Keep it to yourself. And uh, leave me the fuck alone. That's actually true. (laughs) Also, I'm probably not wearing a bra and probably not wearing pants, so I don't want to have to open the door. 
And if I open the door late at night, I'm worried that you're a serial killer. You might get teased. Instead, you're just a group of serial killers that's singing together with some sort of maybe harmony. Harmonizing serial killers. Actually, that's kind of cool. And then you watch all those movies, the classic, the cartoons, the corny ones uh, that always end up with the Christmas miracle. And let's not forget all the presents you give and you receive. These are only a few of the things that just scream Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, you do this every year. Even if you don't, it's crammed down your throat starting November 1st, and then there's no escape from it the moment Thanksgiving is over. We all do these things, and we do them yearly, but why? Where did some of these traditions come from? How did they start? I'm going to tell you about some of the most popular and some of my most favorite traditions that make Christmas Christmas. Just so y'all know, Martha's wearing a shirt with a cat that is super excited about these lights. And there's actual lights in her shirt, and Mm -hmm. it lights up. I am wearing a Chris Evans comfy sweater. Also, I kept writing Christmas, which starts with Chris, so... I'm going to fucking throw you. Comfy Chris Evans sweater. It's a Chris Evans sweater. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So... (laughs) First one we are going to talk about is the Christmas tree. My favorite. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. That's all. Mm. <laughs> any more? Do you know any more words? Oh, I was going to say, how lovely are those branches? I think that's right. I, it was one of those things that I learned all the words when I played it on the piano. Because I have a piano Christmas book. And then immediately forgot it because... Okay, let me talk about the Tannenbaum here. And, um... So we are talking about the Tannenbaum. Yes. I was trying to do a, a segue. <laughs> you remember when I gave you that fun little fact about Christmas trees being grown in every single state? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> God damn. I found that out today when I was researching. Oh, man, that's... So annoying. <laughs> to hear what, to understand what we're talking about, you're going to have to go listen to the Flopcast. Yeah. All right. So um, who doesn't love a Christmas tree? This is one of my favorite parts of Christmas. A tree nowadays can be super easy, too, since you can literally just pull it out of the box with lights already on it. Uh, but I always want to get a real one from going to pick it out to decorating it. And then, of course, the smell. This scent is probably my favorite scent of all time and is one of the best uh, reasons to get a real Christmas tree. Uh, But why do we chop down thousands of trees every year to put them in our house for about three weeks for them to die and then make a mess? So make me feel super great about that. (laughs) Remember, they specifically grow and people specifically have jobs because of this. Mm My good friends, the Costanzas in Massachusetts. That's the oh, Christmas really? tree farm that my parents That's went fun. to. Mm-hmm. They have a golden retriever that's also employed there that wears a Santa hat the entire time. I know. I fucking know. It's the best. He sits in a sleigh and you can take pictures with him. <laughs> okay. So, the history of uh, Christmas trees go back to the symbolic use of evergreens in ancient Egypt and Rome, and continues with the German tradition of a candle at Christmas trees, first brought to the Amer- to America in 1800. Long before the, um, the invention of Christianity, plants and trees just remained green all year round, had a special meaning for people in winter. Just as people today decorate their homes during the festive season with the pine, spruce, and fir trees, ancient people hung the evergreen bows over the door and windows. In many countries, it was believed that the evergreens would keep away witches, ghosts, evil spirits, and illness. Boo. I mean, illness. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe if we had Christmas trees all year round, we wouldn't have coronavirus right now. In the Northern Hemisphere, the shortest day and longest night of the year falls on December 21st or 22nd, and it's called the Winter Solstice, if you didn't know that. <laughs> Many ancient people believe that the sun was a god and that winter came every year because the sun god had become weak and sick. They celebrated the solstice because it meant that at last the sun god would begin to get well. Evergreen bows reminded them of the green of all the green plants that would grow again when the sun god was strong and summer would return. 
I'm going to posit a quick theory here and say maybe the sun god didn't get weak, but he got sick of you and he needed a fucking break. That's true. And he was like, well, I'll be able to deal with you in like fucking three months, but until then, please stay away from me. Or we were just farther away from the sun. Or science. <laughs> oh, COVID is real. Science. All right. So the ancient Egyptians worshipped a god called Ra who had the head of a hawk and wore the sun as a blazing disc in his crown. At the solstice, when Ra began to recover from his illness, the Egyptians filled their home with the green palm rushes, which symbolized for them to triumph life over death. And then the early Romans marked the solstice with a feast called Saturnalia. I was getting there. You got it. <laughs> I just also got it at the same time like a dickhead. In the honor of Saturn, the god of agriculture, the Romans knew that the solstice meant that soon farms and or- orchards would be green and fruitful. To mark the occasion, they decorated their homes and temples with the evergreens. So in Northern Europe, the mysterious Druids, the priests of the ancient Celts, also decorated their temple with the evergreen bows as a symbol of everlasting life. The fierce Vikings in Scandinavia, Scandinavia, (laughs) (laughs) Mother Trucker. The fierce Vikings in Scandinavia thought that evergreens were the special plant of the sun god Balder. Yeah! <laughs> My baby! <laughs> Go back to episode 25? Yes. Oh no, it might have actually been. I think that was episode 20. Oh, was it 20? Oh yeah, because 25 is in the middle of um, Halloween. Yeah. Episode 20. Yep. <laughs> okay, so in Germany... Uh, Germany is credited with starting the Christmas tree tradition as we know it. In the 16th century, devout Christians uh, brought decorated trees into their homes. Some built Christmas pyramids of wood and decorated them with the evergreens and candles if wood was scarce. And it is widely held belief that Martin Luther, the 16th century uh, Protestant reformer, first added uh, lighted candles to his tree. It said that he was walking home one winter evening, composing uh, whatever. The 90 theses. Probably. Mm-hmm. And he was in awe by the brilliance of the stars twinkling amidst the evergreens. So to recapture the scene for his family, when he got a tree, he put it in his main room and wired the branches with a bunch of lighted candles. Bro was a trendsetter. Until he set it on fire. Well, that... Don't put candles on your tree. Yeah. Be careful with <laughs> candles. I mean, I know that I have more than a healthy fear of candles because my parents, my mother made me think that I was going to constantly catch my hair on fire or something. But um, don't be a fucking idiot. Yeah, don't do it. And so that is where our tradition of Christmas trees came from. I like it. Yeah. Next one. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Though I want the real story Santa Claus to be like what was told to me in Santa Claus is Coming to Town because it's my favorite. That isn't true. The legend of Santa Claus can be tracked back hundreds of years to a monk named St. Nicholas. The name Santa Claus evolved from Nick's Dutch nickname Sinterklaas, a short form of Sint Nicholas, which is Dutch for St. Nicholas. Ah. It is believed that Nicholas was born somewhere around 280 AD in Pantara near Myra, which is in modern-day Turkey. He was much admired for his piety and kindness. St. Nicholas became the subject of many legends. It said that he gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and the sick. One of his best-known St. Nicholas stories is the time he saved three poor sisters from being sold into slavery or prostitution by their father by providing them with a dowry so that they could be married. Oh. Over the course of many years, Nicholas's popularity spread and he became known as the protector of children and sailors. <laughs> Don't know where the sailors thing went, but apparently that was a thing. So, uh... This Christmas, give a gift to your sailor friend. <laughs> your local sailor. Your local sailor, unless you don't have that because you don't, you are landlocked. 
His feast day is celebrated on the anniversary of his death, which is December 6th. This was traditionally considered a lucky day to make large purchases or to get married. By the Renaissance, St. Nicholas was the most popular saint in Europe, even after the Protestant Reformation. When most of the saints began to be discouraged, St. Nicholas maintained his positive reputation, especially in Holland. And the story of St. Nick saving the three poor sisters, which will lead us to our third Christmas tradition. Christmas stockings. Oh. If you have a fireplace, even if you don't, you always need to find a place to hang those stockings. Mm -hmm. Little side note. I had the same stupid Christmas stocking with this stupid little puppy on it at my parents' house. That's, That's really cute. Yeah, all of, my mom and my dad both have a red one with Santa on it. And then my sisters have, I think, like Donald Duck and Mickey or something. And then I have a little stupid puppy. Mm-hmm. As mentioned above, the tradition ties in with St. Nick. So the story begins with a nobleman who lost his wife after she died from a long and painful illness. The widower was left to raise his three daughters alone, and they soon ran out of money because of some bad investments. Mm-hmm. At the time, women without a dowry were unable to marry, and as a result, may have had to enter into prostitution to make a living. Mm-hmm. The impoverished father and his daughters were fearful that that is what would become of them. Enter St. Nick. He heard of the family's plight and decided to discreetly help them. Donald E. Dossey wrote in his book, Holiday Folklore, Phobias, and Fun. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know where the phobias come in there, but it's fine. Holiday uh, phobias. That's, what I, that's the part of the book that I am desperate to read. That sounds so good. <laughs> he says, to save the girls from prostitution, the good Bishop Nicholas secretly left bags of gold near the chimney for them, one at a time. The third gift of gold fell into a stocking that was hanging near the chimney to dry. Uh, that's where the tradition comes from. Mm-hmm. Then according to the legend... The father of the daughters ended up catching St. Nicholas, leaving uh, with the gifts one night while the rest of the house slept. St. Nicholas begged him not to tell anyone, but word of the bishop's compassionate act was soon spread. The tale ends with all three daughters finding husbands, getting married, and living happily ever after. In fact, they were so well off, they could afford to support their father, who also lived happily ever after. Not so happily that they got to be single, but happily ever after that they didn't have to Yeah, see, else. here's the problem. Single death sentence back then. I know. Single sex worker, which is not a problem if you're a sex worker, but sex workers... Ideally by choice. Uh, yes. If you're, not a, if you're a sex worker not by choice, then that is bad. Yeah. And we would like to help you. I'm too poor to help you, but we would like I'm to help you. I'm also too poor to help you, but like... <laughs> I would like to be the sugar mama of all the sex workers, but I can't even be the sugar mama to myself. If somebody could give me a giant pile of money, then I would just give it to people who deserve it. But I don't have a giant pile of money on my own. No. And earning it on my own is going to take me a very, very long time. I will die And also most of that pile of money. So. <laughs> Next one. Plants, plants, and more plants. Plants, plants. 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 So there are few plants that are more associated with the holiday season than mistletoe, evergreen, and poinsettias. Also, if you say poinsettia, please jump off a cliff. It's poinsettia, if you're looking at the spelling anyways, because the I comes after the fucking T's. And it's just poinsettia. Depends on... Poinsettia. Whatever. So, these nostalgic plants have a long and symbolic relationship with the holiday season. Bows of evergreen, just like the color green itself, are used to symbolize the continuation of life over the course of a long, dark winter. Mistletoe, on the other hand, was adapted by the Victorians as a way to steal kisses during the holiday season. Ah, perverts. Victorians. Hey. Mistletoe could be hung anywhere in the home and that anyone who stood under it would be allowed to kiss. The catch was, though, that there could only be one kiss per berry and then the berry must be removed after said kiss, which I never knew. About. Okay. Rumor and then you eat it and then you die. die. 
<laughs> Don't even Christmas it. tradition. <laughs> Rumor has it there was much mistletoe tampering, though, like Addenberries that went on during the holiday season because they fair. were all horny. I mean, also fair. <laughs> like so many layers of clothing. People like, haven't changed. Yeah. We still just always want sex. We just wear stupider things, but less stupid things also. We wear less, so it's we easier wear to have more sex. comfortable things that are I'm easier wearing the to biggest remove. sweater right now. And then poinsettias are also common Christmas time decorations. Mm -hmm. These poisonous plants are enjoyed for their colorful hues as well as their incredibly long lifespans. They're not very poisonous. They're like super not poisonous unless you are an animal. If you are a human person, you have to eat like 10 plants in order for it to do anything. I know because I was a florist and we used to sell poinsettias. Uh, they are indigenous to Mexico and Central America, where it is referred to as Flor de Noche Buena or Christmas Eve flower. The poinsettia first became associated with Christmas during the 16th century in Mexico. As the story goes, a young girl was unable to buy a gift during the holiday season. Instead, she was inspired to gather a bouquet of weeds that she found alongside the road and gave those to baby Jesus. According to the stories, these weeds spreaded gorgeous red flowers, which were quickly adopted by the Franciscan friars in Mexico as part of the holiday celebration. Next up, that not-so-yummy cookie and sometimes a house gingerbread. And sometimes a coffee. And sometimes a coffee if you're Martha's mom. Mm -hmm. Which I very much enjoyed. Listen to Martha's mom. We just got the coffee machine out of my car. I don't think she's made it yet. Not yet, but I'm sure I'll like it. All right, so gingerbread is a popular Christmas treat all over the world in many different forms. Gingerbread first appeared in Central Europe in the Middle Ages, made from sugar and spices that had been brought back from Middle East by soldiers returning from the Crusades. In England, gingerbread only meant preserved ginger, referring to the preservative effect of ginger on breads, cakes, and other pastries. It wasn't until the 15th century that gingerbread referred specifically to the sweet cake made with treacle. What's treacle? Treacle is like caramel, maybe? Hey Siri, what's treacle? Treacle is any uncrystallized syrup made during the refining of sugar. The most common forms of treacle are golden syrup, a pale variety, and a darker variety known as black treacle. Should I keep going? Yes, please. Black treacle, or molasses, has a distinctively strong, slightly bitter flavor, and a richer color than golden syrup. Golden syrup treacle is a common sweetener and condiment in British cookery, found in such dishes as treacle tart and treacle you sponge pudding. Great British Bake Off. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally where I was going to say, like, I know about treacle tart because of, I think, also, it was maybe mentioned in, like, the old Narnia books where they were talking about something that they liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like how she asked if she wanted to keep That was going? really cute. I don't think my Siri is ever that nice or polite. <laughs> Are you just a bitch? Mine is just English. She should still be more polite than us. <laughs> well, I guess little not. Irish series. She's like, I'll colonize you. And I'm like, no! <laughs> what did I do? Oh, shit. Uh, so, 15th century was when gingerbread was referred specifically to the sweet cake, made oh, with the shit and ginger. Oh, this so much older than I was expecting. Yep. But it wasn't until the 19th century that the oh. treat became associated with Christmas. Oh, okay. So, early on, gingerbread was made by monks, but by the 17th century and the 18th century, bakers began to specialize in the treat. In France and England, these bakers formed guilds and were given the exclusive right, rights to make gingerbread, except for during Christmas and Easter. Ah. It is said that Queen Victoria and her German-born husband, Prince Albert, brought gingerbread cookies in vogue when they included it in their German Christmas traditions. They adopted, like, the Christmas tree and the Yule log in the mid-19th century. It's then that the gingerbread cookies became associated with Christmas. So Fascinating. Yeah. So even though it's been around yeah. for a long time, it is still more recent that it's. But been it all kind of came in sorta at the same time yeah. when she was like, "Hey, 
my husband is kind of German and I like. I was going to say, so we can thank Germans for a lot of our Christmas traditions. Thanks. Because they were the ones that brought the trees here too. And apparently the Yule log. As for gingerbread houses, they first began in Nuremberg. Nuremberg. Got it. Mm-hmm. And There's was shit in Nuremberg. And was mostly. inspired <laughs> by the witch's edible house in the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. These houses were sometimes referred to as Hexenhausel, which means witch's house. Mm, I love that. I fucking love that. <laughs> also, that should be a like techno genre. <laughs> Hexenhausel. <laughs> I would listen to it every fucking day. It's just house music and the goosebumps just mixed together. Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> Bringing it back. I'm just going to mention it every time. That's my new thing. Sorry. Uh, Norman Osborne's hair. It's your are out. It's now. Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> it's better with my Chris Evans anyway. It's anyways. much more my thing. I don't hate it as much. <laughs> Shit. All right. Um, As for the decorations on the houses, they became more and more intricate as techniques evolved. Before commercial candies were available to use for decoration, artists were hired to stencil and gild the houses. Cool. They took on a cherry tune and became a popular staple when gingerbread became part of Christmas. Aww. All right. I wish I liked gingerbread. I know. Me too. So I like decorating shit. I think I'm going to like decorating them and then I go to decorate them and I'm like, this is so annoying. It's messy. <laughs> it's messy stuff. and it's just, yeah. And the, and the candy is gross yeah. and I want to eat it while I'm making it if I'm yeah. going to do it. And it's disgusting. It's no one like, wants fucking gumdrops. I was going to say, ugh, gumdrops. <laughs> so gross. Hmm. All right. Last one I'm going to today. Counting down the days until Christmas, the Advent oh, calendar. That's cute. We have an Advent calendar for our calendar. We have two. We have an Advent calendar. Well, we have a counter, and then yes. we have an Advent calendar for your cat. Mm-hmm. Which will have some, like, seaweed things and fishy things. Gross. We'll see if she'll eat any of it. Like, I don't understand why you're so bad at eating some things when, when you'll eat literally anything, <laughs> yep. including anything plastic. <laughs> Just that sigh is going to be my text tone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the Advent calendar, it originated from the Advent season of Christianity. And that is determined by the feast day of St. Andrew, which is November 30th, with the closest Sunday becoming the first Sunday of the Advent. Three more Sundays follow, each focusing on the upcoming celebration. So that is the Advent season. In 19th century, the tradition of marking the days until Christmas with chalk or light, uh, lighting candles was common (laughs) practice. I thought you were going to say chalk, and then I was like, chocolate? And then I was like, that chocolate does kind of taste like chalk. And that's where my thought process went. I thought you would appreciate it. Like, it is pretty gross most of the time. (laughs) Jesus. But counting down the days until Christmas on an advent calendar ignores St. Andrew tradition and simply begins on December 1st. Uh, Because no one fucking cares. Yes. The first printed advent calendar originated in Germany. Huh? (laughs) Jesus. I know. In the early 20th century with uh, Gerhard Lang. So, but his mom... Made him a calendar with 24 small candies attached to the cardboard. Each of them, he would open a day before Christmas. Hey. <laughs> um, Lang grew up to operate the Rachel and Lang Printing Company, where he printed the first advent cardboard calendar with 24 little pieces. A few years later, the company printed the first calendar with the little doors that everybody loves to open. Though paper calendars are still popular, advent calendars have come a long way. You can get them, you can find them in all different versions, created from a different variety of materials. There's fabric, wood, string, um, and then there's also, you can find different surprises behind the door, whether it is a little piece of candy or a decoration or small me, and you make your own advent calendar, it's a different extra workout to do for the day. You're such a nerd. That's so cute. <laughs> I was thinking that I was like, oh, you know what would be cool? 
an advent calendar that was all nips, but things that I like. Mm. Right? That would be fun. Uh-huh. All right. So that is my last topic. I could go on all day about different topics, different traditions, and where they actually came from. I did find it very interesting because I didn't learn a lot while I was looking it up. Fair yeah. enough. So... There it is. There we go. What are some of your favorites? Yeah, what's your favorite? Let us know what's your favorite, even if it's not a legit tradition. Like, everybody has their own traditions. What's your dumb tradition that your your family has decided to do? Stupid-ass tradition you do every year. I want to hear about it. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the Rusted Robot Podcast? Hey there. This is Sean. This is Josh. And this is Kitty. We're your weekly geekly pop culture news. We talk about comic books, movies, anime, celebrity deaths, <sighs> collectibles, toys, movie news, upcoming trailers, and so much more. Check us out on the ESO network and everywhere podcasts are found. Your nerdy news specialist, the Rusted Robot Podcast. So, for my first actual Christmas topic, I am going to be talking about the Muppet Family Christmas special. Fun! Yeah! I haven't seen this one in a long time. Uh, It's my favorite. (laughs) So, Muppet Family Christmas came out in 1987, and my sources for this were fandom wikipedia um i watched it on youtube and if you want to watch it you can watch it in full on youtube you can also watch santa claus is coming to town full on youtube Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) the official version that you can buy for muppet family christmas has a ton of nonsense cut out because of legal shit Um, and that's dumb so fuck that noise just watch the free one on youtube and the free one on youtube has every piece of it there you go Mm -hmm. And then there was also an article that I took, like, one quote from (laughs) that was, is a Muppet Family Christmas the best holiday special ever by Will Jones. Okay, so uh, everybody knows a Muppet Christmas Carol because everybody knows a Christmas Carol. You know, it's one of those stories that has legs, which is why fucking Dickens wrote it. (laughs) He was like, I would like to be connected to something that is nice and not terrible. But still kind of terrible. It's still kind of terrible, but like... But it ends nice. But I get to put my name on Christmas. Literally why he wrote it. Because I was looking that up, and I was like, maybe I'll do something with that. And I was like, God, he sucks. I always forget how much I hate Charles Dickens. <laughs> what a dickhead. But most people haven't seen Muppet Family Christmas, which is a bummer because it is wonderful. Um, It came out in 1987, which is actually the year I was born. And I watched it as a kid because we taped it uh, while it was on TV, including all the old commercials. Um, So we watched it most years while decorating the tree, and it has been kept out of circulation for the most part because it is a big fucking copyright mess. (laughs) Basically, it has all of, like, any Muppet character. So all of the Muppets, it has actual Muppet babies, but they're, like, actually Muppets and not cartoons. It has all of Sesame Street, and it has Fraggle Rock. I know. Fraggle Rock. I know. (laughs) But yeah, so it's one of my beloved Christmas memory things. Uh, So it opens up with a lot of the main Muppets and some cute chickens in a truck, and they're all dressed up for winter, so, you know, coats and scarves. All of these fucking chickens have cute scarves on. It's adorable. And they're all singing while it snows down around them. And then uh, Fozzie mentions that they're going to his mom's farm for Christmas, and it is the best idea. And Kermit, who is the only Muppet with anxiety here, uh, is like, um, hey, so don't you think we should tell your mom that we're bringing an actual pack of Muppets to stay at her place? And Fozzie's like, no, she loves surprises. Which, uh, here's where I put my note to any person that I know ever 
I tolerate surprises, okay? I will not put you up as a surprise. Do not surprise visit they me. They don't show up at our apartment. No. So Fozzie's got it all pictured. So he's like, there she is in the old farmhouse on the snowy hill, nice and cozy by the roaring fire. All the Christmas decorations will be up, and Ma will be in her rocking chair knitting and feeling just a little sad that she's all alone for the holidays. Of course, while he's saying this, they're panning over her house where there is no big fire, there are no decorations, no one's in the rocking chair, and she's rocking up with a big fucking bag and bigger sunglasses, saying, Christmas in Malibu, I'm gonna lie on the beach and catch some rays, waka waka. Runs in the family. I know. So she is renting to a guy named Doc, who is a human, uh, the only one in most of this, and he's also on Fraggle Rock, and his dog named Sprocket, who is a puppet. And they rented it because they wanted to spend a nice, quiet Christmas in the country, and they don't really get what they wanted. Uh, So literally seconds after he's gone to put his stuff away, the doorbell rings again, and this time it's Fozzie. What a surprise! Um, And he says, nope, actually, the real surprise is I brought all of my friends! And it's like, I'd be like, yeah, no. I'd be like, uh, the door is the door. closed. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Your but, mom isn't here, so bye. She's, she's still there at this point. She hasn't left enough. She's still on the premises. She's on her way out. But I don't know. Some people love their children enough to like be like this. So I'm Martha and I won't have kids. Yep. Anyhow, so a literal parade of fucking Muppets goes through the door. They're warned about the icy patch, which is right at the like beginning of the door. Which most of them slip. Which most of them slip on. <laughs> so like half of them awkwardly slip while they're walking through, which is a little less funny when I'm talking about it, but I'm sure you can picture a ton of Muppets fucking slipping <laughs> and their little, little Muppet feet going up from... It's like, okay... You didn't have feet a second ago, and now you have them because you slipped. It's fine. And Doc calls down from the top of the stairs, and he's like, remember my nice, quiet Christmas in the country? And then he warns his dog not to mess with uh, any of the Muppets, because they could be from outer space or something, because, to be fair, he does deal with fraggles. Mama Fozzie says, uh, actually, they're from television. And I'd be like, I want my money back. Yes, please. I think so. I think she was paying him to watch the place while she was gone. Yeah. But also... I'd be like, then never mind. I'm still... But I'm also charging you 50% because this is a late cancellation. (laughs) Yeah. Which is actually what I charge. No, that's fair. late cancel. If you book me up and then on the day you decide to cancel, you have to pay part of it because (laughs) I could have taken someone else. Yeah. And then Mrs. Fozzie also tells him, uh, you think you're disappointed. I just took three months of surfing lessons for Zip. And if I was her, I also still would have left. Yeah, I'd be like, I need to surf. I've been like, don't burn the house down. Mm-hmm. You know where the decorations are. It's fine. But yeah, she tolerates everybody remarkably well and is like, okay, well, I guess we'll figure this out. And moms. Yep. This is why we're not moms. Exactly. Unless you're coming with a fucking tribe of puppies, don't. I'm happy to be a mom to a tribe of puppies. Yes. That's different. They are different than children, (laughs) and that's why we like them. So all of these Muppets are, like, trying to find their place in this giant, giant house, and the phone rings, and it turns out that it is Miss Piggy, um, which is one of my favorite scenes because Animal is the one who answers it, and when he... (laughs) When Miss Piggy's like, oh, Kirby, he's like, oh, pig, and he just throws the phone on the ground. It's so perfect. (laughs) She is apparently at a photo session, which she just booked. And she's going to be a teensy-weensy bit late. No big deal. Uh, Kermit is worried because that is his jam. And also because it is snowing and she has to get all the way up to this weird farm. So, you know, maybe don't do like four things that you don't actually need to do, but it's fine. Um, the Swedish chef also comes in. He's brought a turkey who is like a weird 80s stereotype. 
like any dude that would go to the stock market. The Muppets hustle all the chickens somewhere else, and Gonzo's like, um, you know that you're like a, t- a turkey, right? And you are gonna get cooked and stuff. And he's very, very self-assured and is like, no, everything's gonna be fine. That's not why I'm here. I was invited for a nice vacation oh, by the Swedish fine. chef. Uh, Gonzo's like, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of cute music numbers, obviously, since this is the goddamn Muppets. Rolf arrives and meets Sprocket, and they communicate with actual barking. Sprocket actually is, like, genuinely barking, and then Rolf is like, bark, bark, woof, 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 woof. Um, bark, 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 uh, And then they have, like, a nice conversation, even though this is how it comes out. Then Ralph pops up to the piano and is like, it's super out of tune. And is like, I love out of tune pianos. <laughs> like, I love you. You're cute. And they both sit by the piano while he starts playing. Um, and meanwhile, outside, Fozzie is building a snowman, and the snowman comes to life to sing with Fozzie, because that's how this sort of shit goes. But yeah, so the snowman comes to life, and he's singing with Fozzie, and Fozzie's like, hey, we have some pretty good harmony! And then they make some really terrible jokes to each other, and they're like, um, we could have a bit together, we could do a comedy thing together where we sing also. Um, this is also the reason that for many, many, many years, I thought that song went, there's a birthday party at the home of Fuzzy Bear. <laughs> so, it's fine. No, thank you, Muppets. What the fuck? <laughs> no, Martha! <laughs> That's the lyrics there. And then, oh, and then I had to hear it in real life and it's like, oh. Everything is disappointing. I don't care about farmers. Fozzie Bear is great. But yeah, so the snowman and Fozzie do a little bit of a bit together, and Fozzie is psyched and runs into the house to tell Kermit all about it, and they are interrupted by Miss Piggy calling on the phone again, where she's like, oh, Kermie, I'm doing some more Christmas shopping. Just a little bit of last-minute Christmas shopping before I come, and it's like... It's starting to get snowy out there, but Kermit is obviously worrying because it has been snowing since the movie started. And Miss Piggy's like, um, well, I'll get there when I get there. And in this situation, I am both Kermit and Miss Piggy, and I fucking hate it so much. (laughs) I'm like, but I'm also the person who's like, well, I didn't do my Christmas shopping until right now. (laughs) So Miss Piggy's off doing her shopping and not worrying about getting anywhere because that's who she is. And Kermit is worrying about everything because that's that's who who he is. is. Yep. Elsewhere in the house, the Swedish chef has been tricked by the Christmas turkey into believing that Sprocket is actually an even bigger turkey. Yeah. So Doc is like, um, no. Sprocket is a dog, uh, and the turkey is a turkey. You cannot... Cook my dog. (laughs) You cannot cook my dog. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and meanwhile, there's a weird thing where the turkey is hitting on one of the chickens, Camilla, who is Gonzo's girlfriend, but that's not really important to any of the rest of the plot. And I also don't care about it, so hey... But yeah, the two kind of ongoing plots, and I use that term very, very loosely here, is Miss Piggy is at home and we're worried, and also the Swedish chef is dealing with his turkey issue. And then the rest is just family being around each other and doing family things. Like the next scene where Scooter uh, stumbles on <clears throat> Scooter, who I completely forgot about it, and then looked up and was like, oh my god, Scooter! You goddamn nerd! How cute. But yeah, he stumbles upon home movies of the first Christmas that the Muppets ever spent together. So they sit down to watch it, and it has the Muppet babies, but it is actual like Muppets of them, not animated, um, singing some Christmas carols while the fully grown characters give commentary 
over it. At the end, when Baby Animal rips through a gift box in the home movie, (laughs) the fully grown animal tears through the actual screen. And then they hear something outside. And it turns out that it is carolers. Please remember what I talked about about earlier Mm -hmm. about Christmas caroling. Yes. So the only difference is if you are actually a Muppet, you can Christmas carol. But if you are not an actual Muppet, even if you're a person who voices a Muppet, that's not the same. So understand that distinction. Doesn't matter if you bring your own Muppet. If don't. you're not an actual Muppet, you can't pull this off. Don't just, do it. Just don't Christmas Carol. Stay, Stay home. Me. I will tase you if you come. Drink at your car. house. Like a normal person. God. Ugh. Or be tased. Yeah. But actually, uh, so the carolers in this one are all of the people from Sesame Street. <laughs> and yeah, basically, there's no reason for them to be caroling up here. They just are. And then everybody gets invited in to join them for Christmas. So everybody just stays. The count is there. One! Ah, 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 ah. When it's snowing later and there's a, like, and (laughs) um, Kermit is really worried. Count is counting all of the fucking snow snowflakes. Just like that. One. Ah 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 ah. Two. Ah 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 ah. Yeah, it's like there's there's a stupid. I think I might have talked said this before because I think we've talked about the count before. But there's like a video of me when I'm like two or three, and my sisters. And we all have blankets on, and the count singing his, like, song, and we're, like, dancing around the living That's so cute, and, um... And I have, like, little stupid pigtails in my hair. Oh, my God. That was really cute. I'm mad about that. <laughs> but, yeah, so during this, uh, while all of the caroling is happening, the Swedish chef manages to nab the turkey, who tries to get out of being cooked by claiming that he's a different animal altogether... But the Swedish chef isn't fooled this time, and he does starts to. Does the turkey to, talk, or does the turkey just gobble? The turkey just imagine it being like, and he cook being the being like the talks, chef being and like, he has like a super annoying, like kind of New Yorky eighties accent, and like sunglasses and a little one of those little fucking hats, like a scaly cap or whatever the fuck they're called. He's very annoying the entire fucking time. <laughs> But yeah, so he, um, the Swedish chef is trying to start to take measurements to figure out, like, what sort of a, like, pot he's gonna cook him in, I guess. And then the turkey's like, um, but actually, have you thought about instead cooking this bird? And he points at fucking big bird. <laughs> And the Swedish chef is like, whoa, I don't know what to do about this. But, you know, in very fake Swedish. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, The weather is getting worse. Kermit watches the news and is worried about things. This is when the count is like, one, ah, 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 two, ah, ah, ah. It's like, thank you for helping my anxiety. You are doing so, so, so great. I love that. And then later... Fozzie and his mom are working to figure out all of the sleeping arrangements for the guests, which, Jesus fucking shit, that sounds like actual misery. They'd be like, have fun, I'm going to bed. Be like, I'll be in Malibu. <laughs> yes. If I have to stay here, I'm locking the door, I'm lighting some candles, and sitting in my bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> With my headphones on. And I expect you to bring me some fucking food at some point. <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> That's my thing. But yeah, so they're trying to figure out all of the sleeping arrangements. So there's like bunk beds and all like these other weird things. And Oscar the Grouch actually lets Rizzo the rat spend the night in his trash can. He's like, I think it would be kind of cool to have a rat in my trash can. Rizzo's like, cool. Awesome. I'm going to hop in there. They both get along because they both like trash. Yay. That's literally something that I wrote in here. I don't know why. Mm. Janice of the, like, Muppet band brings out some Christmas cookies that she just baked, and then Cookie Monster immediately gobbles all of them down. 
And then Animal is like... There's also a video of me being tiny and little pigtails and sitting on, like, my mantle. We would cover it with a blanket and Mm -hmm. have a stupid microphone that was just like, C is for cookie. It's good (laughs) enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. Being, like, dramatic, like the mantle or, like, the little brick part of the fireplace was my stage. You're so annoying. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would give... So many things to watch these fucking videos. <laughs> if, we, if we ever go home, I'll show them. Yes. Oh my god. It's <laughs> <laughs> cute and annoying. Yeah, so the Sesame Street gang uh, performs their Christmas pageant the night before Christmas, which uh, I almost said nightmare. Did you see that? <laughs> The night before Christmas, uh, Ernie is the narrator, and then <laughs> Bert is just so the narrator, which is Papa or the dad, and then Bert is the disgruntled mama, and Grover is the mouse who isn't stirring. So he just comes out with a fucking bowl and is holding a spoon and being like, "Nope, <laughs> not stirring anything. It's barely touching. It's fine. I hate it. I'm doing a great job." <laughs> The curtain opens to show the sleigh is being pulled by all the reindeer, who are all fucking played by fucking monsters, which is great. And then the two-headed monster is Saint Nick. The two-headed monster that's like... Cha! Sa! Santa! Yeah. He gets to play Saint Saint Nick, which uh, Sam the Eagle is like is nothing sacred. <laughs> uh, Miss Piggy finally calls Kermit one last time to tell him that she's on her way, but her limo, her limo, is stuck in the fucking snowbank. She's on the phone and trying to like push the limo at the same time. I'm like Jesus Christ, and that she's going to take a taxi to the farmhouse. Oh, God. Okay, that's fine. Fozzie tries to cheer uh, Kermit up by saying it's not that cold, and the snowman that had previously gained sentience comes in and is like, um, I need to come inside to warm up. And it's like, oh, oh, it's fine. Uh, They do a little bit of their bit for everybody, and it turns out that actually Statler and Waldorf are friends of uh, Foster Bear's mom, and they come every Christmas, so they've come to just be shitty and heckle people. Um, side note, if we don't at some point cosplay as Statler and Waldorf and just sit in the back and talk shit to people, I will actually cry. <laughs> the Swedish chef calls Big Bird into the kitchen and starts to salt him... <laughs> And Big Bird is completely unaware of the chef's uh, intentions and gives him a handful of homemade chocolate-covered bird seed. He sings the Christmas song, and the chef joins in, and it turns out that he changes his mind on what they're going to actually serve, and they end up serving shredded wheat and cranberry sauce, which happens to be Big Bird's favorite. Sounds fucking terrible for everybody else, but that's fine. <laughs> and meanwhile, Doc, who has observed Kermit being like very nervous this entire time, is like, I can go out and try and find Miss Piggy. I know I haven't met her, but I consider you guys to be newfound friends. And, get and me I think the also fuck out of this house. Yeah. <laughs> and, and basically also I think I can find somebody who calls herself Miss Piggy. Which, fair. Fair on every one of those assessments. So, Doc leaves. Kermit heads down to the cellar to find his nephew, Robin, who has found um, a hole leading to Fraggle Rock underneath the house. Of course. Of course! Convenient. Yeah, because everything is in this fucking movie. So, in the cave, they uh, stumble down upon the Fraggles, and they wish them Merry Christmas, and then they have to explain what Christmas is to the Fraggles, because they don't celebrate Christmas down there. What they do have is a time where they give each other pebbles, and they pass, like, the most beautiful pebble from person to person. And they sing a song called Pass It On. Boo-boo-boo. 
<laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, and one of the fraggles gives Robin the pebble in a show of friendship. Um, and they go back upstairs, blah, blah, blah. Um, and finally, Miss Piggy arrives on a dog sled, which is driven by Doc, who is wearing like a fucking Mountie style uniform. She bought this outfit for Doc just... She's like, I just figured that I might need this outfit. And then he showed up and rescued me. So I was like, hey, now you have to wear this so that I can make my grand entrance. Um, But yeah, so they do their impressive entrance. They (laughs) sing a song. And then she immediately slips on the icing patch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, finally, everyone is here. And Fozzie's mom is like, well... A couple of you guys are going to have to sleep on hangers because there's we're out of room. What are we going to do? And Gonzo and Animal are like, this is awesome. We've always wanted to sleep on hangers. Um, this is one of my like favorite interactions in this movie, but probably in any movie, um, where Fuzzy's mom is like, okay. And then she turns to Fuzzy and is like, they're weirdos, Fozzie. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, but they're nice weirdos. It's like, yeah. And like, whenever, it's one of those quotes that like sticks in my head whenever one of our like dumb weird friends does something particularly <laughs> sweet. And I'm like, oh, but they're nice weirdos. <laughs> yeah, so now you have basically the entire fucking Muppet family present. So they sing a medley of Christmas songs and everybody except for Oscar who doesn't want to sing gets a chance to sing at least one line including the snowman and um me 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 yep me 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 yes me 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 he's he gets to sing a good line in this one in the 12 days of christmas he's a baby that the muppets sing Mm -hmm. because i have that version of the 12 days of christmas he he's he's, he's, me 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 that's his line so they do a medley of Christmas songs, and uh, during the medley, the Fraggles come up to watch, like, kind of in the background. They're, like, peeking their heads over and being like, oh, I guess this is what Christmas is. Blue, blue, blue. Yay. And once they finish singing, Fozzie's mom puts up his stocking on the mantle, and Fozzie's like, I'm a grown bear, and I don't need my stocking hung up anymore. And she's like, I can put it down. And he's like, no, no, you can leave it up there. It's fine. What if Santa comes? Um, and then Kermit gives Miss Piggy his gift to her, which is a mink, uh, which is not a mink coat, but actually Maureen the mink, who is Miss Piggy's biggest fan. <laughs> uh, Robin gives the fraggle pebble to Grover, and then Doc as Santa Claus gives out presents, and all the Muppets sing, we wish you a memory. Merry Christmas. Um, a Merry Christmas. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. During which uh, Jim Henson himself appears, watching from the kitchen, um, and then the special ends with Kermit returning Miss P- Piggy's affection under the mistletoe before saying, "Saying Merry Christmas to Did the." They viewers. pull that berry off. They don't. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Um, and then this is a quote from that one article that I actually mentioned in the beginning. A Muppet Family Christmas was the final full-length Muppet production completed before Jim Henson's death in 1990. Which I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was so early. Mm-hmm. Um, the last ten minutes or so um, of the special consists of an extended sing-along from the entire cast. Right at the end, Henson himself, along with Sprocket, peers out of the kitchen and says, well, they certainly seem to be having a good time out there. I like it when they have a good time. He then laments that he and Sprocket are going to have to clean everything up. Of course, no one knew that this would be his last, the last Muppet film that Henson would ever oversee, but in retrospective, it's the perfect epilogue. So yeah, it is my favorite Muppet special probably ever. And... We know a lot of nice weirdos out there. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) You know, occasionally nice. Not so nice that they're boring, which is the most important thing. (laughs) But yes. So that is perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone. 
All right. Thanks for joining us. Episode 33. Yeah. This will be the second week in December that this mm-hmm. comes out. So we were, we'll be having plenty of holiday cheer. Yes, we will. Christmas tree will be up by then. Yes. Be a good time. Doing what we can here in Vegas since Mm -hmm. we can't go home. (laughs) It's all right. We're making it work. We're wearing all the Christmas shit. All the Christmas shit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, everyone. Stay safe. Please continue to wear a mask. Wash your hands. Things will clear up sooner rather than later. If you think it's not safe, don't, don't go don't home. Do it. Don't. It's not worth it. It's not. So, all right. Make sure you check us out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can find us at at the first list. <laughs> I always hate that. The stupid extra at symbol fucks it all up. <laughs> at the first And then, of course, please, 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 please rate, review, subscribe. I know we say it every time. It really, really, really does help. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, you're feeling you, particularly generous yes, because of the Christmas holiday season, season. But also, you have no money. And, and you have no money. This is a free way to help us on out. Mm-hmm. By giving us a nice little review and a nice little five star and subscribe on Apple iTunes. Even if you don't listen on Apple iTunes, but you have Apple iTunes, you can still do so. Yeah. But you can find us on Spotify. You can also find us on the ESO Network and on Podbean. And otherwise, we will see you next Tuesday. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.